Coming up on today's show, we talk to Robert Griffin III about joining the Ravens. We talk to him about Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, and so much more. Then we're going to talk Jay Gruden and why they won't sign Colin Kaepernick. And of course, we're going to dive into the Kelvin Benjamin release out in Buffalo. Stick with us for another exciting episode of The Tomahawk Show. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joseph. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Josie. Happy birthday, Josie. We're glad Jesus gave you to us. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm not sure who Joseph and Andrew are, but I've been a huge fan of Nats for a long time, and I got some extra coffee makers, so just uh, let me know the address to send them to, and uh, they're yours. And uh, Natty Ice yourself. Thank you, guys. Joe Hawk, it's Donnie from Brockton again. Hey, Joe, just wanted to wish you a happy 34th birthday, man. <laughs> you old geezer. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, hey, you got to let me know uh, what, what your home address is, man, so I can send you this gift. It's uh, all wrapped and ready to go. So let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll send it in the snail mail. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Tomahawk Show presented by Uninterrupted. I am your... Humble co-host Andrew Hawkins, joined as always by my guy Joe Thomas. Joe, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing a lot better than you and Natty Ice are doing. That's for damn sure because I, I was getting I, pictures of you two in the club at like 4 a.m. Wisconsin time when I was up like feeding the baby from my nipples. And I was one, jealous, but two, knowing that your asses were going to be drunk today when we recorded this podcast, a la me. After the 10,000 snap streak celebration that I had in Cleveland about a month ago. Yeah, so we had our company uninterrupted party last night. So we were sending everybody photos from out here in L.A. We had the whole gang together. Number one surprise guest at the holiday party, T.I. Yeah. T.I. unannounced just showed up at the holiday party. So do you think LeBron still has my... Cleveland address is that why I didn't get the invite to the uninterrupted LeBron party you we've invited you to LA so many times we probably 10 times you've had LA invites and we knew you weren't going to come so we didn't waste our time here's what the Tomahawk Joe Thomas invite sounds like hey Joe I know you guys probably don't have anything going on with you and the 75 kids but uh tomorrow we've got this (laughs) awesome party in LA do you think you can just hop on a plane and come out here tonight you know what Joe you and I both know that wasn't going to happen also I didn't want you upstaging me when I go to the parties I'm the only former player there so everyone loves me and if you came with your six-pack and your fit body and doing karaoke, nobody would have cared that I, I was there. I would have killed with the karaoke. As oh my you guys God, will hear. I just remembered that I did karaoke yesterday. Did you guys get You did do karaoke. Video? What's, what song did I you sing, I don't think it man? was good, if I remember correctly. It the was song. Deja Vu by Beyonce. <laughs> yes. Now that you mentioned it, it yes. definitely was not good. Joe, what is your go-to karaoke song? I'm pretty versatile. I will do anything that the mood suits me to. And I like to take requests. So I will run the gamut, all genres. As you'll hear upcoming on the big RG3 interview that we have, I did a mm. little bit of hip hop, but I don't want to ruin it right now. Just in case I do get the invite next year, I don't want to spoil okay. the surprise. 
Surprise is a very, very key element to anybody karaokeing in any way, shape, or form. Remember that. The element of surprise is always key. Listen, make sure you interact with the show. Follow us on social at Tomahawk Show. Use our hashtag Tomahawk to send us your questions, comments. Let us know how you love the show, hate the show, which if you hate the show, you're probably an idiot. But regardless, make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars everywhere podcasts are available. Super excited. We got our guy RG3 coming on and we ask him all the tough questions going on in Baltimore and around quarterbacks in the NFL. I think we just need to kick right off into our beginning topic, which is Redskins football, because that whole franchise is doing some of the most stupid things I've ever seen in professional football, starting with playing Mark Sanchez. Mm. No, I, I don't want to be mean to Mark Sanchez. He's probably a good guy. This is never personal. <laughs> but I don't think anybody was too excited to see Mark Sanchez at the helm on Monday Night Football. Joe, what were your thoughts when you seen the Sanchez strolling back onto the field, ready to take control of another NFL team? Well, I know that as the Redskins are probably thinking, hey, the season's not over. We're still in the hunt. We need to find a veteran quarterback. We don't want to just turn this thing over to a rookie to play for the future uh, because they're still in it, right? I mean, the chances of them making the playoffs are pretty slim right now, but my guy Colt McCoy was leading him, in my opinion, to plenty of victories down the stretch. He breaks his leg. And then, of course, as we all know, Mark the Sanchez comes in. If I were running the Redskins, I wouldn't have signed Mark Sanchez. I would have gone with one of the other veteran quarterbacks that are potentially available out there because I think Sanchez has proven over and over again that he cannot win, and he hasn't thrown a pass in a little while in the NFL. So he's also rusty. And even the sharp version of Mark Sanchez is not going to win you many games on the Washington Redskins. So it was a little bit of a head-scratcher. Um, so I'm trying to think, Hawk, is there anybody else out there that maybe the Redskins should be looking at who's a veteran quarterback who could fill the role and play much better than Mark Sanchez? Literally, probably the firm, to be quite honest. <laughs> but I'm, I'm waiting on my – I've been waiting by my phone. My agent hasn't called, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. So before we get into that really quick, you said veteran receiver. Are you a veteran kind of person or a veteran kind of person? Or like, <laughs> quarterback. Do you say Did I say receiver? West- I meant quarterback. I meant quarterback, yeah. You, you have to excuse me. I think me. I'm, My a mind. Vet, I'm, I'm a Caribbean veteran and tomato guy. What about you? Yeah. What? I'm a veteran. I don't say veteran. Like, my mom says Western Pennsylvania. I well, say we- Western. Yeah. Well, Western is wrong, but you can say veteran or veteran. <laughs> yeah. What, what about, she also says Northwestern when she talks about where my sister graduated. Well, that's wrong from. because there's not another R in there. That's like the people that call it uh, Missouri. I'm like, it's not Missouri, it's Missouri. People yeah, say it's that? Not Il- oh, everybody in Illinois, when I was there for college, Illinois. half of my professors would call it Missouri. And I was I've like, this has got to stop. That. I don't know what you guys are talking about. They do that with Cincinnati, too. People call it Cincinnati. What? Out of hand. I've never heard that. that You've never heard the terms. Wait till my Cincinnati people hear, people hear this podcast. They're going to be like, <laughs> yes, people say Cincinnati, and it drives them crazy, I think. What? Well, okay. So, answer. Are you Caribbean or Caribbean and you say tomato or tomato? I say Caribbean and I say tomato. Right. And I say veteran and 
Like, veteran is stupid to me. When it's the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, then it's Caribbean. But other than that, it's Caribbean. That's <laughs> correct. It's a great point. It's a good, that's, uh, hey, that's Natty Ice's first good take the entire time <laughs> right. on the show. And she wow. did it wrong. <laughs> that's the key to getting good takes from Natty Ice. She's just adding a little alcohol and she's good. <laughs> she's normal. She's a regular person. Oh All right, back to the Redskins conversation. Look, and we haven't had the extended like Kaepernick conversation but I don't care what side of it you're on on what do you feel about Kaepernick or if it there is no way in hell that anybody with a sane mind could tell me that Colin Kaepernick is not a better option at quarterback than Mark Sanchez and whoever the hell they're going to get to sign as his backup which will be somebody like who are the names still out there TJ Yates is a guy that always pops up. Josh Johnson, who I actually played with and Joe played with as well yeah. in Cleveland. I had the memorable moment with Josh Johnson where he came yes. in the huddle and I didn't know who he was and I had to introduce myself <laughs> because we had just signed him. In the middle of a game. In the middle of the game. Yeah. Farrell, could you read me the quote that Jay Gruden said about why they're not bringing in Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, I sure can. So this was Jay Gruden had a handful of quotes yesterday <clears throat> when people asked, hey, uh, instead of Mark Sanchez, why didn't you bring in someone who was good at football? And this is, uh, <laughs> this is what Jay Gruden said. He said, quote, when you're talking about a backup quarterback this late in the game, you want somebody with a similar skill set to the quarterback you have. Not that Colin Kaepernick can't do some of the things we've talked about, but we want someone with a little more familiarity. He also went on to say that Mark Sanchez is more of a quote-unquote pro-style quarterback, and that's more of what they were looking for. Um, I can promise you this, and I haven't been in front office meetings in a very long time, but I can guarantee you no one has ever walked into a personnel meeting and said, we need to find someone with a similar skill set to Mark Sanchez. That's never been a sentence uttered in a personnel meeting in the last well, that's, that begs the question, was he talking about the quarterbacks that he had that are now broken-legged, or is he talking about <laughs> he's looking for a backup for Mark Sanchez that has the same skill sets as him? Because I kind of read that quote as, hey, we were looking to bring in a quarterback that has the same-ish skill sets uh, as Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, which is the guys that we have kind of built this offense around and the guys that we've fit into the cookie cutter that we think fit well to the offense and the players we have and the timing and the bullshit route stuff that you guys talk about all day and all night. (laughs) That's kind of what I read it as. But if he was saying we're looking for a backup for Mark Sanchez that has the same skill sets as him, he should be fired yesterday. He was definitely saying that. So that quote was more about why they signed Mark Sanchez okay. and Colt McCoy in the first sense. place. Yeah, because nobody <laughs> should look for a, a quarterback with the same <laughs> skill really set as Mark Sanchez. For now is somebody that's just like Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, Nathan Peterman on line one. No, so I mean, regardless of what he meant, it doesn't make sense. Like you should get a football at this point. I get that. Like, if, and if you have a a plethora of options of quarterbacks to sign or it's in the draft or it's in free agency or it's like before a lot of guys are off the board it's different when you're down two quarterbacks at this point and Mark Sanchez is your starter this is not an excuse that is going to fly and even no matter what you say about Colin Kaepernick and I'm obviously a unabashed Kaepernick supporter but for them to have claimed Reuben Foster off waivers like, there is no reason that you could say that doesn't make you like an idiot of why you wouldn't 
give Kaepernick a chance or bring Kaepernick in for a workout. The chances of it happening are slim to numb. Obviously, we know that. But to make excuses about it, similar to the same excuses you gave on why you, you claimed Ruben Foster, it's just going to come across as stupid, and you probably should just not answer the questions if you're going to continue to make quotes like that. Well, I think it's interesting right now because Colin has been out of the game so long. Now the built-in excuse for these general managers and these front offices, teams that don't want to hire him because of his protest, have that built-in excuse, well, he's probably rusty. You know, he hasn't played in so long. But you would still think that maybe the Redskins should at least bring him in for a workout to see if he is rusty or not. So it'll be interesting to see if teams start using that excuse as why they're not going to sign Colin Kaepernick, even though they probably wouldn't even bring him in for a workout because they know that the workout would produce some of the backlash they're trying to avoid by not signing him. But they have Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez hasn't played a game since 2016. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That, that's why, I like, that is the excuse that they're going to try to use, although then they go out and sign Mark Sanchez. Right. Who is, like, into, like, investing now. I think he was about to retire, and here he is starting quarterback again. All right. Well, so we, we think that was a great move by the Redskins is what we're trying to say. <laughs> clearly, we are all in on that move. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. All right, what's our next topic, Firm? Where are we at with this? I'm all over the place this morning. You are, you are. You're just to everybody. I just want everybody to know that <clears throat> Hawk was in here drinking a can of Mountain Dew and having two slices of pizza, and I think it was about 8 a.m. L.A. time. Um, he's, <laughs> he's staying true to the brand, and you know what? I respect it, Hawk. You know what? I'm me 24-7, and that is all you're going to get. <laughs> that is all you're going to get. Um, so the other, outside of the uh, news about the Redskins and Kyle Kaepernick, the other Newsworthy item that came across the uh, the Tomahawk desk this morning was so almost to one year to the date um, the Buffalo Bills traded for Kelvin Benjamin from the Carolina Panthers. This was in November of 2017. Fast forward a year, the Bills are having a pretty awful season, and they they waived Kelvin Benjamin this morning. So Kelvin Benjamin is no longer um, a part of the Buffalo Bills. I believe I saw um, a screenshot of an Instagram story that Kelvin Benjamin's girlfriend posted that said, goodbye, Buffalo, with a bunch of smiley faces. So I think uh, the, the parting may have been mutual. But, guys, Kelvin Benjamin, he had just 39 catches for 571 yards and just two touchdowns in his 18 games with Buffalo. If you were another team, would you sign Kelvin Benjamin right now? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I don't think it it's depends. a good question. I'm not okay. signing Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> Why? Because it just seems like he's not into it. Like, it doesn't seem important to him. And for me, I look across the board. And the guys that I've played with, the Andrew Hawkinses, yeah. the Brian Hoyers, the guys that it is so important to them, like, they would cut off their left arm and give it away to somebody to be able to make it in the NFL and make a name for themselves. And sleep on people's floors, sleep with Marvin Lewis in his bedroom. That's the type <laughs> of stuff that some people will do to be able to make it in the NFL. And then you get guys like Calvin Benjamin who have this sense of entitlement because they're first-round picks because they're big and they're fast and they got all those 
attributes that everybody wants. And then they just kind of mail it in everywhere they go. And to me, if you're a guy that doesn't have great effort and desire, but you have the skill sets, you get two chances at it and then you're done. There is no three strikes and you're out for a guy that hasn't shown that he wants this more than anything else in his life. No, I like I like that take, especially when you talked about like the pride of it, because so so some fans like so I had somebody tweet me like, hey, this kind of guy, he plays for the name on the back of his jersey and not the front. And, and I sat there and thought about it. I'm like, that's a that's not a bad thing. I get people don't want selfish players and I'm not saying be selfish, but there is something to a guy who has pride in who he is, because that means he's going to be the same everywhere he goes like. I need Kelvin Benjamin, just like you said, to make sure that if there's one person he's not going to make look bad, it's Kelvin Benjamin. Like there's a, there's a, there has to be a standard for you as a player, no matter where you go, to say that you know this the brand that I'm always representing is my name because it's something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. It's my legacy. It's who I am, and you have to be willing and show up to places to show that you take pride in that. So I'm, I'm okay with guys playing for the name in the back of the jersey because it's your calling card. It's the Joe Thomas calling card. It's the uh, firm calling card. It's the Natalie Leist calling card. Just kidding, <laughs> Nat. But on top of that, when you, when you told me that story from the first thing I thought about was the report of when in pregame they were <laughs> – Josh Allen asked if he wanted to go catch the pass before the game. And Kevin was like, nah, I'm good. I'm <laughs> That really shows his just desire here. there. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Oh, I've had enough. I've had enough. I feel passes. like that was the beginning of the end in Buffalo. Yeah. No, I love that take because I think the casual fan, and even me when I was just an NFL fan growing up, I was always talking about, you know, do it for the team. We don't want selfish players and stuff. But you know who's been selling selfish and be selfish for about 20 years now? That's a guy named Bill Belichick, just about the most successful coach in NFL history. And his motto was do your job. But what that is saying is be selfish as hell. Do absolutely everything you have to do to get your job done and expect everybody else on the team to get their job done. And you know what? When that happens, when you got 11 guys being selfish and absolutely consumed with doing their job to their best of their ability and not worrying about anything else, that's what you have it's called a great team because Mm -hmm. the team is 11 guys on an offense or a defense doing and focusing solely on their job. And then you have team success. So let's not pretend that like being selfish in this respect is a bad thing because it isn't because wanting to represent your name and doing your job and keeping your job is what helps your team win. So being selfish is okay, but he is not selfish because he doesn't care about his job. He doesn't care about (laughs) the name on the back of his jersey. He doesn't care about the pride that he should have putting that jersey on and trying to represent himself because you are a brand. In the NFL, you're going to get cut. You're going to get traded. You're going to get bounced around the league. What you have is your name and your brand. That's the most important thing. And now when you're playing for a team, your brand could be, I will do anything for my team, but that's still your brand and that's your name that you're representing. Speaking of brands and representing, we got a phone call coming in now, and I believe it's the guy that we've all been waiting for. Joining us right now, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time that I got to play with, the guy that led the Cleveland Browns to their only victory of the season. And we did it together, and I feel like we did it arm in arm. That's one of those games that I will never forget. 
beaten the San Diego at the time Chargers on Christmas Eve to get our only win of the season. But to me, it just felt like more. Robert, welcome to the Tomahawk Show. Thanks for being with us today. I appreciate you having me. I just want to go ahead and add that that was Joe Thomas's last victory. I just, <laughs> That's exactly I, I, right. I hold that I hold that near and dear to my heart. Hall of future Hall of Famer, and I was the, the last quarterback to win him again. <laughs> that was awesome, man. I, I'll never forget that moment in the locker room. You know, for us, it was one win. It was meaningless, but. I think to those guys in that locker room that had fought all year, that had put so much into it, you being able to come back from the injury that you had earlier on in the season and to finally put it together and get that win. It was just one of those special moments in my career that I think only people in that locker room could understand. Yeah. And as you know, Joe, the whole year didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but uh, I felt like the guys stayed together and fought through every game. So to just get that one meant a lot and, Obviously, we won't be remembered as a, as a winless team. You know, in, in 10, 20 years, they won't even really remember that. that and uh, like you said, that made it a little meaningless. But at the same time, it was important to us. Well, let's get into another emotional moment for you. You got into the game uh, last week for the Ravens for the first time in a couple years. And afterwards, we could tell that that was a really emotional moment for you. Can you explain just a little bit about what that moment was like and, and why it was so important for you to be able to get back out there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I stated it after the game, you know, when you're out of football for a year, especially when you're a quarterback, and on top of that, you're, you're a high pick, uh, the opportunities are few and far between for you to get back and play uh, in an NFL game. So that was emotional for me, having been out last year and then fighting my way back and, uh, earning a spot uh, as a third QB on a team that usually doesn't keep three QBs. Uh, and then for it to, to all come to me being out there, uh, where there was one play, two plays, uh, drive or the game, uh, it was important and uh, just showed how much hard work pays off and all the cliches you can possibly think of. But it just meant a lot to me because I know a lot of people that counted me out um, and my coaches and my teammates believe in me. Uh, that That means the world to me. Yeah, you and I developed a special relationship when we were in Cleveland, and so I was really happy to see you get another opportunity in Baltimore. And we got Mr. Andrew Hawkins coming on right oh, now. Oh, Hawkins us. back. Figured out his <laughs> computer issues. But, yeah, man. I come hey, back to you talking BS. Like, we had the most special of bonds. We did. It was way more special <laughs> than Hawk. And I wanted to ask you, you, you said last time you were on the show that you've had a few NFL offers but it wasn't the right offer, but you signed with Baltimore this off season. Why was that the right offer for you? Um, well, Baltimore actually approached me last year about three days before the first preseason game and offered me a contract. And I, I turned the contract down, uh, not because I didn't want to be in Baltimore, but because it was the wrong time, the timing wasn't right. You know, Joe Flacco was dealing with the back injury and I just didn't want to sign somewhere, go there for two or three weeks, not get a real shot. And uh, and ended up getting cut. So I felt like, you know, if I wasn't going to be on a team uh, for a year because I turned that opportunity down, that that was just the right opportunity, the right thing for me to do. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to, to say that and then sit out a whole year. Um, but here I am now, uh, you know, on a team, having earned my spot uh, with a team that never really keeps three quarterbacks. So uh, that just shows uh, for me how much they believe in me, how much they trust me. So, um it was tough. It was tough. You know, anybody that that's played the game knows that you miss, you miss the camaraderie of the locker room. You miss being a part of a team. Uh, so I missed all those things and to get back out there this, this past week, 
uh, and go play the game. It just felt natural. It felt like that's where I'm supposed to be. So Lamar okay. Jackson is now starting at quarterback. He's won, what, three games? Whose fault right. is it that the Baltimore Ravens are 3-0 and in that time? Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it the <laughs> defense? Or is it Robert Griffin III? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question because you know you guys made a lot of a lot of buzz about whose fault is it. But um, <laughs> you know, I would say I would say right now as a team, you know, you guys have played the game for a long time at a high level. You know, and I respect uh, both of you guys. And, and like Joe was saying earlier, we we developed a special bond um, because I can respect y'all's grind. So you know, whenever you're playing complimentary football uh, as a team, that's when everybody wins. So. It's not just Lamar. It's not just the defense. It's not just uh, myself, if you want to put it that way. I think it's everybody. Uh, and the way that we're playing as a team um, is really showing up on game days. We rushed for over 200 yards the past three games uh, on offense, and our defense is setting teams down. We're controlling the ball, so limiting the opportunities that offenses have against us. Um, so it's really all just a perfect storm, and I couldn't be any happier for this team or for Lamar uh, to start 3-0 and in his career. So do you, when you watch Lamar, do you see a little bit of yourself in him with the things he's able to do, at least running the football especially? Yeah, I mean, I definitely can see a little bit um, uh, myself. And, and I, I, I've said this ever since the offseason. I, I look at Lamar as a little brother and try to uh, be there for him and, and try to steer him away from some of the things that, that, I, that I got into playing the game. And, uh, you know, just continuing to work on him with, with throwing the ball and trusting himself, throwing the ball strong. Uh, as far as running ability, uh, we, we have this – we have these debates almost every day. You know, hey, I'm, I'm faster than Lamar. Let's just go ahead and do that right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so it's not him, a debate. Let's, 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 let's go ahead and get that out of the, out of the water. But I do believe <laughs> Lamar is uh, – he's a lot shiftier than I was uh, when I came into the league. I still make guys miss. I just did it a different way. Right. Um, but Lamar's definitely got a little bit more wiggle to him. Uh, but he had a run, I think it was uh, not last week, but the week before, where he was running down the sideline and a linebacker caught him. And I told him, as soon as, as, soon as the game was over, I said, hey, man, if that was me, I would have scored. <laughs> we had a nice little laugh about it. And, you know, but it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch and see him go out there and ball out and do his thing. And then hopefully, you know, he'll get more and more opportunities to throw the ball and, and, uh, and hit on those things when he does have those opportunities to present to, when they present themselves. Being the third quarterback in that room, that's the role of mentor a lot of times. And you've got a lot of experience that you can certainly share with Lamar early on in your career. You started out so hot and then you kind of ran into a little bit of an injury spell. What sort of things have yeah. you shared with Lamar that maybe you would have done differently in your career that you think he could benefit from? Yeah, I think it's twofold. One, I think uh, it comes to protecting yourself. And I, I constantly talk to him about that. Um, you know, we're so competitive. We want to go out there and break every tackle and score every time we run the ball. Um, but you have to get down, protect yourself. Uh, when there's five guys around, you don't try to run through two of them. You know, just get down, get the yardage that you can, and move on to the next play because one of the most important things that I've learned is being available for your team. Uh, so I've learned that over the course of my career and, and um, you know, hope to be able to show that and showcase that in the future. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, when it comes to the, the style that he does play, don't try to change who you are. Just try to get better at your weaknesses. So if you if you just if you shun your strengths, uh, you know his running ability, his athletic ability is one of his strengths. You don't want to just eliminate that. Uh, and I think early in my career, I was encouraged to eliminate that and try to be something um, too quickly. Uh, if you look at a guy like Randall Cunningham, 
over the course of his career, he went from being a dynamic, elusive runner to being a dynamic, elusive runner who could throw the ball from the pocket, if you look at his years in Minnesota. But everyone likes to remember him as a quarterback from Philadelphia who was, you know, a slinky out there just making everybody miss and making all these acrobatic <laughs> throws. So I think early in my career I was encouraged too quickly uh, and really forced too quickly to, to try to become something that I wasn't ready to become yet. Um, and, and now at 28, uh, I feel like I've progressed and shown that I can throw the ball from the pocket, I can run around, and I can protect myself now. And that's what I kind of want Lamar uh, to, to get to. But don't don't shy away from the things that make him Lamar Jackson oh so quickly. It'll all come in due time. So, I mean, you talk about his style and, like, being smart and protecting himself. And a lot has been said. Now, Lamar is a, a different kind of quarterback than – than any other quarterback in the league, at least right now. And obviously there was a lot of conversation around him when he was drafted. The way he's playing right now, do you think that's sustainable over time? I think it's it's sustainable as long as he can, uh, you know, stay healthy. Uh, I think, you know, right now we're running the ball at like an 80% clip, which I don't think anybody has ever done. at any point in any time in any season. And it's really hard to make a comparison to him as far as other quarterbacks in the league today or from the past. You know, the the common comparison is either myself, Mike Vick, or some of these other guys, but even we weren't running the ball that often or that much. So right. it's a hard comparison, but at the end of the day, uh, the kid is 3-0. We're 3-0 as a team right now. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, completely turn a blind eye to that. The best thing we're doing right now is we're playing complimentary football. So as long as Lamar can do what he's doing and we can continue to win, then, you know, why why, why try to, to change that? Uh, he's going to grow with more game experience. He's going to learn more and more when to run through arm tackles and when to get down. And then he'll just going to have to hit the big plays in the pass game when they, when they uh, present themselves. Hey, Robert, there's been a lot of rule changes recently that have favored the offense and specifically – these additional quarterback protections. Do you feel that maybe your career would have unfolded early on a little bit differently had you guys had those protections available because you were a quarterback that could take off and change the game with your legs, and you did so very often. But like we mentioned earlier, you did have a couple of those injuries in Washington and then when you came to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it it would have changed. I don't know how, but we've had these these talks in – in our quarterback room and our quarterback coach, uh, James Irvin, he calls them the RG3 roles because, you know, <laughs> nowadays guys are afraid to touch, they're afraid to touch the quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. and, and back when I was, uh, you know, in my first years in Washington in 12 and 13, I remember we played against uh, Hawk in Cincinnati in 2012. And I, I don't, I think I picked myself up off the ground after every play because every time I was handing the ball off on his own read, they were trying to swamp bottle me, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and nowadays they don't do that. They're they're protecting the quarterback a little bit better when it comes to some of the zone read stuff. And defenders are getting fined for a lot of stuff that they weren't getting fined in 2012. But I think that the, the way I look at it is, you know, for me and my future in this league, it's going to help me uh, because I do plan on being able to run until I'm 55. And then uh, <laughs> for, for Lamar, it's going to help him also because he's getting more protection uh, than some of us were getting uh, in the 2012-2013 range. So. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. And I, everything that happened to me in my past uh, was meant for a reason. And, and it's made me a better player, a better person, and uh, actually a better mentor to Lamar. 
So, Rob, I mean, you're watching Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense kind of just go off, man. What What are your early thoughts on Patrick Mahomes? Uh, I mean, the, the early thought is, you know, unbelievable arm talent, uh, can move around, do a lot of different things. And uh, the weapons that he has on offense, uh, you know, those are weapons that people would die for, you know. So he's doing a good job with what, what, what he has at his disposal. Uh, I think he's a talented player. And, you know, he's repping the Big 12, so I'm always going to be going for yeah, the Big 12 guys. Shout out to the Big just 12. Not, just, just, just not this week. You know? Just not, just this, not week. this week. Uh, Tell me I think, this. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's got a great future. What is his weakness? When you watch his game, if you had to point to one thing and say, oh, this is what Patrick Mahomes doesn't do well, what would it be? Dude, I mean, you know, we're not really watching their tape. We've, we've seen the Chiefs a bunch this year just because of they playing the same teams that we're been, we've been playing. Uh-huh. Um, what I'd say is his weaknesses is, is one of the weaknesses I had early on in my career is that every play has to be a big play. And uh, you don't you want to make sure you, you you take what the defense gives you and you be aggressive when you can. Um, but I think the kid's got 41 touchdowns. I don't know how many interceptions he has. Their offense has been lighting it up. Yeah. And our defense has a, has a task at hand to try to shut them down this week. Uh, so it's hard to say, you know, what's his weakness when the kids just light it up right now. So hopefully our defense will be able to to, to pinpoint those weaknesses and, and go take advantage of it. You, you talked about James Urban being your quarterback coach. Now, he was my receiver coach. He actually – I credit him for the reason that I made it to the league because he was the one who kept me uh, in the NFL. Right. So he, he was my receiver coach for three years. I was the best receiver you ever got to throw to. Do you guys ever <laughs> sit around – and talk about how I extended both of your NFL careers and how much I mean to both you individually. Yes, we actually have. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not BSing you. We've actually sat down and talked about you uh, and talked about your journey and how you got into the NFL. And um, one of the things that Herb said was you have redeeming, you had redeeming qualities, you know, your, your speed and quickness and your professionalism and how you showed up every day to work was something that made you. Uh, stick in Cincinnati and uh, I talked to him about how how great you were with me in Cleveland and um, I still remember to this day now this guy's gonna hate this story but we had one-on-ones one day during the season and uh, it was Joe Hayden's first day back and we went out there and we had you run a slow go and you almost made Joe fall down and you walked into the end zone <laughs> on one-on-one and to this day I still remember that route because you when you ran past him after he fell almost fell down it was like you had a little bit of sympathy, you know, for him. Like, damn, I didn't really mean to do that to you, bro. But I'm that man. That's how bad Hawk was. Hulk hey, was man. man. Anybody can get it, RG. I do. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that little clip of the recording and send it out to all 32 teams. It might get me back. <laughs> I might get back in the league because of that. All right. Oh, man. I don't know if you've heard. I'm sure you have. But the Tomahawk Show is the unofficial podcast of nfl reddit and so what we like to do when we have our huge celebrity guests like yourself on is we put it out to our nfl reddit people and we ask them what questions should we ask rg3 and we've got four rapid fire questions i'm going to ask you and then we'll let you go because we know you're getting ready for the big game this weekend so first of all okay all right you're the quarterback you're putting together an offensive dream team offensive linemen don't matter clearly so who are your three receivers, <laughs> one tight end, and one running back that you put on that dream team? Oh, my. Three receivers. Okay, I'm going to exclude my teammates. Is yes. that okay? Yeah, that All would right. be uh, like voting for yourself in student my, council. I would take my guys. 
Everybody okay. would exclude your teammates, but I'm just speaking from. <laughs> oh wow! That, hey, I'm kidding. It's a joke. It was a joke. It that joke. Everybody, so, excluding my teammates, because I, I don't think that would be fair. I would go with. Uh, I take Tyreek Hill, uh, a healthy Julio Jones, a healthy AJ Green mm. at tight end. I'd probably take uh, Rob Gronkowski, mm. and then uh, running back, I would probably take Todd Gurley. Mm. That's a strong team. Very All right. strong. You're. Kobe Bryant once said that if he could steal anything from Michael Jordan, it would be his hand size. Is there any skill attribute that you would steal from any quarterback past or present? Ooh, I think for me, uh, I'm a very confident, so very confident in the skill set that God blessed me with. But if there's one thing I wish I did have, it was more height. So I wish I was a little bit taller. So some of these guys, you know, the, the Flacco's, the Brady's, the Manning's, I wish I was just a couple inches taller. Uh, so I could see the field the way that they see the field. But to be honest with you, if I was a couple of inches taller, I'd probably, I'd probably be playing basketball. I'd be LeBron's one man <laughs> in L.A. So I, I, think, I think God, so he put me at 6'2 and a half so that I could play football and not be enjoying that, you know, guaranteed money in the NBA. People don't realize how confident RG3 is. I fully expected <laughs> him to say, like, yeah, I'd take um, my speed from 2013. I'd take my... <laughs> <laughs> my kneecaps from 2008. He hey, already, yeah, you to chill out. Hey, first he, of all, I'm faster right now than I was in 2013. Oh, mark that down. I'm faster right now than I was then. Well, people don't realize that you're still like 21 years old. Like when you just said you were 28, it boggled my mind because I forgot how freaking young you are. Yeah, I know. People think I'm 33. You know, I'm still a young guy. I'm still a young guy. I still got. I still got the world. I'm excited about my future moving forward. Me too, Rob. Wish I was a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. <laughs> I guess that's an RG3 song. We didn't even know it. All right. Why don't you look back quickly and reflect on your time in Washington? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. that was great. Thanks. Yeah. Next question. Jeez. I mean, I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah, I mean, when I look at my time in Washington, I think it was, it was a time where I was able to come into the league, uh, lead a group of men. Uh, I think we were 4-12 and 12 the year before. Finished the year 10 and 6, went to the playoffs, had the Seahawks uh, down uh, in the third quarter. And, um, you know, I look fondly upon that time. I think it was a time for me to grow. I went through a lot of things there that I think a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players in this league don't really go through in their first four years in the league. Um, so for me, it was, a, it was a great learning experience. And I was able to show uh, at a young age what I was able, what I was capable of doing in the NFL. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, moving forward, I'll get another opportunity to, to showcase what I can do now that I am uh, a little bit older, have grown a lot more, and know how to play this game uh, the right way. All right, you know last what? question from our giant Reddit community. What made you cut off the braids? Mm. <laughs> That's okay. what we're all waiting for, Rob. This, is, this whole okay, interview so, was just to get to this question. Okay, so the braids, right? It was, it's similar to why I changed my number. Okay, so I came into Baltimore. Chris Moore had number 10. He was one of our wide receivers. Uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, what can I do to get the number? He kind of told me, you know, his wife had bought some jerseys, and, you know, they just got married. They put the name on, the sentimental value. So at that point, I said, you know what, Simo, you can keep 10. I'll take number three. Uh, it's time for me to start over. So the, the number change and the haircut was a symbolism for me that at this point in my life, at this point in my career, it was time to start over. And it doesn't mean that I want people to forget the player that I was in 2012, 2013. It's just for me a mental sign to say I'm a better player now, I'm a new player now, so I don't have to hold on to those old things. 
because the future is going to be bright. Mm. I love it. There was one thing I was certain about. There was going to be a reason because with one thing I know about you, Robert, is everything you do is for a reason. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's what's made us all great over the course of our careers. You know, you find the silver lining in everything that you do so that you kind of know why you're doing it. So I didn't just cut the hair because, you know, people were making fun of me or I felt like it was time (laughs) to just let it go. I had a reason and that was the reason. We don't do the online bully thing here, Rob, in case you're aware. <laughs> I was, I was going to let you rap because I know you got things to do, but we just have so much fun with you. I got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts okay. on Baker Mayfield? Baker, Baker. First of Give all, me your Baker man, thoughts. That's my, that's my Heisman brother. So, you know, shout out to that. Um, Heisman brother. And all my encounters with Baker, Baker's been awesome. Um, you know, do I think he had to, you know, talk bad about Hugh that way? I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah, come on. You know, you I don't know about that. that but but, but it's, it's who he is. It's part of his personality. So the one thing I am proud of Baker, Baker for is continuing to be himself. Be yourself. Yep. You know, speak your mind. If that's the player that you are, then go out and be that player. The thing that you have to realize is that when you do that and you go out and play a bad game, then people are going to frown upon you. So, just, you know, make sure you have thick skin. And I think the kid has thick skin. I'm, I'm happy he's there in Cleveland and, and uh, doing the things that he's doing and, and rallying that team. Well, Rob, I think we're going to let you go. But before and – I, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart when I say this. I'm excited for when you get your opportunity to lead a team again because I do think it's coming. I do think you're going to be a starting quarterback again in this league. And I think all the things that you've been through from Washington, from Cleveland, to spending a year off, I think it's only helped you develop – mature as a person, and when you get that opportunity again, we're going to see the RG3 full guns blazing um, and all of the, the 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 attributes that we knew you had are going to come shining forward, man, and people are going to be surprised how you kill it when you're a starting quarterback again. Proud of you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, and thanks for coming on the Tomahawk. Hey, man, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. And, uh, you too, Joe. I appreciate that, guys. Much love. Much thanks love, a lot, my friend. All right, guys. Good luck this weekend. Our guy, RG3, man, one of our favorite players, one of our favorite teammates, favorite guests on the Tomahawk show. You can't say enough about him. Proud of him that he got back in the league and he is having success, even if it is as a a third-string quarterback, taking pride in his job, man. And that's what it's all about. Let's let's get some DraftKings Tomahawk League results from the week. Um, Looking at the leaderboard, looks like Jay Paul's. P-A-L-Z-E-1 with 199 points. Firm finished number 51 with 148. Not a bad outing. Firm. Not too shabby. Thank you. I had another one top 100 place finish. I think that's my second in two weeks. 135. Joe was terrible at 161. He had 116 points. And that was the <laughs> worst. Uh, per use, not even coming close to the coffee maker. Uh, Nat is getting further points. and further away from the yes. coffee maker every week. No, so Soon I, she's gonna have to buy us a coffee maker because she's so, you so wanna, terrible. You want to know what happened this week? I let my coworker pick my lineup, and it's mm-hmm. it's Eric. So he kind of helps us out with the Tomahawk show and the fantasy uh-huh. side, and he set his own lineup too. And he came in like thirtieth place and then, he set, <laughs> and then he set my lineup and i'm like last place like where like, did why would you wrong? give me the same lineup is it, like <laughs> why exactly. would you set my lineup up different exactly so i'm just gonna have td do my lineup so everyone knows and when i you know i'm either gonna get 
first place or I'm going to do really bad and whatever happens, it's going to be on TD's shoulders. So. Didn't we change it to top 50 finish, Joe? Yes. And yeah, she but if, she's, if, if TD is the one filling out her lineup, I feel like that doesn't count for the top 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we TD can, can we, buy we your coffee How this. about that? Yeah, there you go. Okay, All right, fine. So, I'll set my own. Well, let's go. This is a perfect time to segue into an Ask Nat uh, segment. We haven't done this in a while, and I'm sure we have some good questions. And I've, Something tells me today's a good day for mm. this. So, <laughs> Joe, do you have some Ask Nat questions lined up? Well, I think what we should do this week, since uh, last night was the big uninterrupted party, I, I think, Hawk, you should be the one that's <laughs> mm. the question master, and you should just pepper Nat with tough questions about what happened last night, because oh clearly God. neither one of you know exactly what happened. I'm good, man. I, I had just uh, a cup of orange juice, um, <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is... Orange Mountain Dew, I think, is what you were, you're, yeah, I think that's what you're referring to. Exactly. Orange Mountain Dew. Okay, so I got a question, that. So anybody, we, like we said earlier on the show, um, T.I. made a guest appearance at the holiday party. And as soon as we get there, I'm there with my wife, Keisha. Nat runs up and she's like, T.I.'s here. I'm going to do a karaoke <laughs> of a T.I. song. With T.I. in the building, and I'm like, this is a terrible idea, Nat. This is not going to end well. Luckily, he left before she did. Nat, what song would you have done in front of T.I.? So I feel like the first song that I was thinking of to go up there and do was What You Know. What You Know About That, that song. (laughs) (laughs) What was that, Nat? Could you say the title of that song one more time? No, because I don't know know if that's the title. What do you know about that? Just by how proper you say those words, I am so happy that 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 did not come to fruition. Next question, Nat. Have you ever seen snow? Yes, what? You're from California. I'm a good skier. Okay. Really? Wow. Where's your home turf? Where do you like to ski? Um, so growing up in the Bay Area, the close, well, not the closest, but like the place everyone goes to is Tahoe. So I would mm. go to Tahoe. Must be nice, huh? Mm. Living well, up there I with mean, the one percenters is going to life, Tahoe. Life of luxury. Jeez. No, it's just uh, a place that's kind of closest. Like everyone in LA goes to Big Bear or whatever. And that's I don't even know go. what any of those places are. I, I, I skied when I was in seventh grade and haven't skied since. I'm trying to picture Hawk skiing. And that's yeah, I was skied since eighth grade. <laughs> I was scared I was going to break my legs. And in yeah. football, you know, that's like... You yeah. kind of need those legs in football. They that's say they that you need them. I tried yeah. snowboarding for the first time a couple of years ago. And I legitimately could not walk it's so, for a week It's so after. much harder. Snowboarding oh God, is it, so much harder than skiing. It was so difficult. Okay, Nat, another question. And, okay, this is going to be a tough one. So Cliff Kingsbury is now the USC offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Who is the best-looking coach in Los Angeles between Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVay, and Luke Walton? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, it's a tough one. So the best-looking coach between those three. I don't think it's Cliff. Wow. Honestly. Cliff, first one nice eliminated? Wow. Wow. Nice Whoa, Luke I Walton mean, with the upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have said Luke Walton was out first. But. I mean, Cliff's okay. No, Luke Walton's not out first. Why would he be out first? Because he's the worst looking of the group. Yeah, by That's far. Why I would eliminate him first. <laughs> it's not even close. Okay, well, it's okay. Maybe it is between Sean and Cliff. 
No, you can't change up. You guys Sorry, don't, don't get let us influence so your decision. Maybe, yeah. So then I guess it's Sean because I don't, I mean, I would say it's not Cliff and then Luke is maybe a, a second placer. Okay, so you got Sean, Luke, Cliff in that order. Joe, what's your order? Yeah, I guess so. I think Cliff's the best looking. I love his hair. I'm, I'm right. like the bald guy that's jealous of all the people that have great <laughs> hair. So Cliff's, Cliff's my guy. Although Sean McVay's hair is pretty on point, I feel like Cliff's hair is just better. What can I say? All right, so you got Cliff, Sean, Luke. <laughs> Wait, are you exactly. asking me? That's what I. That's yeah, that was a question. <laughs> yeah, cl- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff, Sean, and then Luke. Okay, I mean, this episode has clearly fallen off the rails, so it's as good as time as any to end it. We appreciate you tuning into the Tomahawk Show. Make sure you rate us five stars, subscribe, hit us up on social at Tomahawk Show. Use our hashtag Tomahawk. Natalie, you did not bring your A game today, and that's fine. We don't fault you. Firm, you were bad as always. Joe, do you have any (laughs) final thoughts here? My final thoughts is I'd like to just take this time to thank LeBron James for not inviting me to the party because it gave little man Andrew Hawkins the opportunity to be the big man of the party, being that he was the only former athlete, former pro athlete at the big uninterrupted party. But I do still wonder who drew a bigger crowd. Was it T.I. or was it Andrew Hawkins? That's a good thought. Nat, please take us out. Joe, hug yourself. <laughs>